This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 364 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Just Helena and I today, we are brought to you by the generous sponsors of Dr. Roses and Equus. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hell or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. Sit on down and laugh till your poop calls. It's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I'm Glenda Geek. And I'm Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Happy anniversary, Helena. <laughs> Thank you. Happy anniversary to you, happy too. Anniversary. Oh, how about this? Oh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. That's right. It is our anniversary. We are finishing our seventh year. Wow. Heading into our eighth year. How about that? And we didn't have the seven-year itch. <laughs> no. Well, apparently not. We haven't broken up a divorce yet. We're both so. still married to the Horse Radio Network. <laughs> and we're both kind of still married to each other doing this show. So. I, guess we're, uh, I guess we're good. We passed that mark. Now we'll be together forever. Now we'll be together forever, indeed. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about, just the two of us today. So if you're looking for a guest and you hate when Helene and I just talk to the two of us, then please come back next week because we have a great show for you next week, too. We'll be at Ada, so we'll be... Uh, oh, no, next week we have a regular show, and then we're at Ada the following week. So we, uh, we have a uh, fun show for you next week with actual guests. But today, Helene and I just wanted to spend it together with you, our listeners who have made this all possible. So what we're going to do later in the show, I want to chat with you a little first, is we're actually going to do, we're going to interview each other. We're going to take 15 minutes each, and both of us hate being interviewed, but we thought that this would be good, uh, that we could just interview each other. I don't know if we ever have done that, actually. <laughs> so um, Probably the last time we had a guest canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of truth there. <laughs> yeah. And I got done uh, with... Uh, I got done with the podcast movement conference, and I talked about that on some of the other shows. But you know, you're the one that I started this with, and that we got it going together with. So I wanted to talk to you about it because I knew you would have loved the business side of it too. So we might get a little geeky and a little inside baseball here on podcasting on this episode more than I have on the others. Uh, and then also, we've had listeners that are new listeners all the time that wanted to know the origin story of all the different shows. So we will tell you how we, how Helene and I dreamed up this puppy. Uh, so we'll, we'll do all of that in today's show, but first let's talk about a fun new thing I found over the weekend. Oh my God. Periscope. Have you ever heard of Periscope? Well, I hadn't up until we briefly discussed it 
right before we we came on the air. Well, you know, every time we go to Ada and we do the special shows about new products coming to the market, and we do the live show, and and you know, we record stable scoop segments and everything. One of the problems is people always say, "I wish you could video it so I could see the products." Yeah. Well, guess what? Periscope <laughs> is here, and we will be doing that at this Ada. So what Periscope is, the app you download to your iOS or Android phone. It's, uh, it's free, as far as I can tell. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know anything about this the week at, this weekend, and half the people in the room, because they're all geeks, were Periscoping. <laughs> so what it is, is you just, it's a live stream from your phone that other people watch the live stream from your phone live while you're streaming it. So the idea behind Periscope is, is a way for people to see what you see. It's like GoPro Live. Um, so, and, and then there is, but you don't have to be on the back of a horse, right? (laughs) And you know, it, then there's people watching you live. And the thing with Periscope, like everything has their little catch. Well, Periscope has hearts. And if you like what you're watching on your phone, on the live stream that you're watching, you hit the screen and it sends little hearts up to the person doing the video. So they know how much you're liking what, the different parts of what you're showing. So if they like something that happened, if you're videoing, whatever, they like what happened. Maybe they like a product that we're showing. They just tap the screen and it sends little hearts. And then at the end, you're rated by the number of little hearts you get. So that's how good your video was, is how much people liked it by the many times they tapped the screen. That's how it works. It only saves it for 24 hours, but you can go back into a, a person's account and check it. You go in and you sign up for people, much like uh, much like any other any other social media. You would sign up for our account, which is going to be under Horse Radio, and then anytime we go live, you get a te- a Twitter announcement goes out, or you can have them push an announcement to your phone. So your phone, like when you get a text message or whatever, will tell you that we're going live, and then all I have to do is press a button, and they can watch our live feed. Uh, so it's really cool that way. The other thing that you can do as you're watching, you can type a message. And then the person doing the periscoping will see those messages come up on their screen. So they could say, well, turn a little more to the right or turn a little more to the left or show me this. And you can you can do what they want you to do as you're doing the videoing and periscoping. So it's an interactive thing as well. Can you turn that off? <laughs> you turn that feature off? Because I'll be spinning around in circles. Turn to the left, turn to the right, up, down, lower, higher. But don't you think this will be great for the trade show? I think it'll be wonderful for the trade show. Obviously, there are, I mean, I can think of at least two dozen uses for this right off the bat. Um, I love the fact that it's interactive. GoPro is a bro- more of a broadcast. You know, it's one to many. Well, it's recorded too. super cool. And it's yeah. recorded, which, you know, also has its its advantages. But this is really a way to bring other people into your experience. And, you know, like it or not, this is the way our culture is moving. We are, we're sharing everything, you know. Well, I it's, thought for horse people, this is perfect. <laughs> the sharing revolution. Well, the horse people, anybody, like there's so much, it's just, it's a really great way to share and to experience so the world with th- people who with like-minded people. This is it, everybody. Go download Periscope onto your phone. Just search for Periscope in the App Store. And we're, and we're not being sponsored by Periscope, by the way. We just think it's cool. You know, Helene and I, we're just geeks. We're uh, so so t- download it to your phones. And then I think it's going to be Horse Radio. We haven't signed up with the account yet. I will let you know on Facebook. We'll be posting on all the Facebook pages so you can follow us at the trade show and see what new exciting products are coming out over the next six months. 
We'll be there next uh, Friday through su- Monday, and uh, next week, Friday through Monday, and we'll be doing Periscopes at all the different booths where we find cool stuff. So check it out. Periscope is happening on the Horse Radio Network. Seven years, Helena. We've been doing this a long time. Do you realize we are one of the veteran podcasters in the world? I do now that you were like this super cool, geeky podcasting keynote speaker. I actually wasn't. I didn't do. This is the strange thing that happened that, and it shows the nature of viral at uh, in the world today. I was going to go there kind of under the radar with my Florida podcasting buddies. I've made really good friends with the Florida podcasting group, Chris and Neil and and all the gang over at the Florida podcasters and Katie, who's one of the top female podcasters in the world. And we've just made good friends. I'm so glad I met them. And we went together. We kind of all met up with the other Flyer podcasters, and we were hanging out. And I thought, well, you know, I'll kind of fly under the radar, and I just want to learn some, some things. If you and I both talked about this before. When you go to a conference like this, go and and you want to pick out two or three things that are, are the hot buttons that you learned. And those are the things that are actionable that you really want to take action on. Periscope is one of them. Yeah. And if you... If you get one thing and you've just spent 1200 bucks to go to a conference and you get one thing out of it, it can mean tens of thousands of dollars for you down the line. So these conferences, I believe, are still worth it. I, I had ignored them for years. I hadn't gone. I was my own worst enemy. I hadn't wanted to spend the money. I hadn't wanted to take the time. And I was, going to this conference and spending the money and taking the time was probably the best thing I've done in, in seven years. Mm. Uh, it was well worth it because as much as this is a digital society, face to, there's still nothing like face-to-face. That's why we go to Ada. You know, I, I, I just came back from a, a Chamber of Commerce event um, here in Rhode Island. And nothing like, you know, I poo-pooed the stuff for a long time and there is still nothing like face-to-face. There's it. It is. It's why you got to get up off your butt, get on a plane, get on a train, get in a car and go interact with other people. Because whether you're doing business or you're showing or you need to find a a trainer or something, nothing beats real life in-person connections. We, about 70% of our sponsors have come from ADA. We probably wouldn't have those sponsors if we didn't go to ADA. Well, the thing is, is you do business with people. Yes. You don't do business with businesses. And, you know, you have a chance to uh, shake hands, ask somebody questions, get to know them. So you make friends. Who better to do business with than your friends? And so, you know, you obviously we're not making like deep BFFs here at these events, but you are making business friends. And, um, you know, we go to Ada. We meet people. We smile. We ask questions. We get to know one another. We go out to lunch. It, it's not as contrived as a lot of people think it is. It's actually very real. It's very authentic. And it's it's just a way to truly connect with other people. You know what? If I have, if I have um, something that I do, a business or a product or service that I offer, and it's not what you need, cool. 
we can still be friends. I can still refer you to somebody else. And guess Why? what? Why? Because I think you're a good person. Three or four down, years down the road, that person's going to come back. And now that's with social media, it's easier for them to find you and you to find them. And they will have something you need or, yep. or you know, vice versa. Um, yeah. I, you know, and you're right. The things, the most important things that happen at these conferences are not the meetings, are not the sessions. Yeah, you do learn stuff and you get stuff out of those. But the most important things is who you meet between the sessions. Yeah. So I made a vow this time, and I'm not good at this. You know, I'm kind. I have to force myself when I go out in public to be an extrovert, and that's true of a lot of very gregarious, you know, people on the air. And you wouldn't think that, I know, but Helene and I are both a little bit that way. We feed off each other, so when we go to events together, we're great. You know. Yeah. Um, But. When you walk around by yourself, you're a little bit better than me, actually. And then I'm always a little bit apprehensive. This time I said, I'm just introducing myself to people. It's hard. It is hard. hard You have to to really act like you're on stage in front of the mic and go for it. And, you know, some people look at you weird. (laughs) Um, And then some of them I'll be friends with for the rest of my life that I went up and said, hi, I'm Glenn from the Horse Radio Network. And they go, what? Or (laughs) what happened the most times I was when I was introducing myself is, oh, we have horses. I can't tell you how many people I ran into that their wife has a horse, their kids have horses. Just, Everybody loves horses. Uh, Everybody has a oh, I something. Or I rode story. once and I fell off and I hate <laughs> him and I'll not go near him. You know, you hear all those stories, but they come out when you say when you're in a non-horsey environment and you say you're a horse person, right? Um, so what happened was I had to tell you this because it is it is a viral thing, and I'm sorry if I told this story on the morning show, but. Thursday or Friday was breakout sessions. It was seven rooms. There were like 1,200 podcasters there. And I was in a room with about 70 or 80 people, and they were giving little mini TED Talks. There were people scheduled to give mini TED Talks all day. My buddy Neil from the Florida Podcasters was hosting. Well, he was he realized that they were running early. Some of them ended early, so it was coming up to lunchtime, and he still had 20 minutes to kill. And he said he came back to the back of the room and said, Glenn, can you go up and just do questions and answers? And I said, sure. So I went up and I did questions and answers for almost 40 minutes <laughs> uh, <laughs> because they wouldn't stop. And we ended up, I think, getting out of there late. But uh, I can't tell you how many people came up to me over the next three days and said, you're the horse guy, aren't you? I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I, you know, All I did was share what we know and, and be enthusiastic and just tell people, honestly, if they said I'm doing a podcast about this, I would tell them, look, it ain't going to work. You need to narrow it down to a, a, a smaller niche. You need to do this. You need to do that. I was just very passionate because you know how I am. And, and I believe in what we do. And the word got out. I had these people who were nominated for awards as the best podcasters in the country coming up to me after the award ceremony. And I'm like, oh, congratulations. And they're going, oh, no, I want to talk to you. Um, and I've had requests now since I got back for about 10 interviews on podcasts. Mm. The word got out to the point you're going to love this. I, of course, we all the Florida podcasters, we all had each other's phone numbers and I kept getting texts all day long because I'd be in a session and they'd be in other sessions. There are like 20 breakout rooms. I'd be in other sessions and they would text, Oh, you were just mentioned on stage again. You were just mentioned. We were the Horse Radio Network was mentioned by some of the top podcasters in the world, getting millions of downloads about ten times in different talks around the around the thing all weekend. Um, and it's because of viral, right? It went viral, is what it did. And well, it's, that was my question to you: is what are we doing right? 
What that's a good question. And you know what I think we're doing right? One is we have an avid, interested, loyal fan base. Um, so let's start with the listeners. If you if that's a question you you wanted a long answer to, uh, it is the listeners. It's the listeners that have got us to the point we are now. And I tell told people all weekend, Helene and I started this. We were three months in, we had twelve listeners. Yep. But we did the shows like we had the number we do now, right? Tens of thousands. We did the show like we had tens of thousands. We, 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 and the other big difference is between the Horse Radio Network and a lot of other, uh, others of these, and this is because of your background and mine, is we treated it like a business when we started. A lot of these guys, they hope to make money someday, but they're playing with it. They're not treating it like a business. They're just kind of goofing around. They don't do all the work. Um, they don't really prepare. They just don't do everything it takes to make it into a business. Uh, and I think that was that was another big mistake I saw people making. Plus, they didn't narrow their niche down far, far enough. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of people out there wanting to be life coaches and wanting to help people with their lives, but it's too general. Where are you ever going to find somebody to support you in that? And how are you going to build your audience? And my advice to everybody was take it down to a niche. When we went into this, and I say we, meaning you and I and all the other hosts, uh, when we went into this, we said, we're going to be the best in the horse world in, in online radio. And we've achieved that because we've worked hard and we've treated it like a business and we treat our listeners and our guests and our sponsors with respect. And, oh, by the way, no, we are in the top tenth of a percent of companies out there as far as sponsors are concerned. We're not making a fortune. You and I have both made a lot more money. But we're happy with what we're doing and we're happy doing what we're doing. We make a little bit of money enough to you know, get by and, and that other part will come down the line. Uh, we hope. <laughs> well, you know, and you, when you think about it, Helena, we started this when no horse people had smartphones at all. Mm. There were no smartphones, especially with horse people, right? No. Because we were late to the game. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the only way people could listen was on their computer. And through yeah. iTunes, if you could figure out how to download it through iTunes and get it onto your iPod, which very few were actually figuring out at that point. So we were so early. You know, we started eight years ago, and podcasting started nine and a half, ten years ago. The only ones were doing it when we were doing it was uh, the tech companies. Well, when I was in, um, I worked for an investor relations company in Boston, and we had, we actually acquired, we bought a small little company from Atlanta. There were maybe six employees, and they were webcasting. It was called webcasting. That was before podcasting. You're right. I that forgot before, about that. <laughs> that was because there were no pods. There were no That's iPods. Right. <laughs> there were MP3 players were just starting to be, you know, mass produced. Um, and the the purpose was to broadcast um, the annual meetings for publicly traded companies. So you've got all these companies, right? They're, they're public. They trade on the stock exchanges. Well, part of the requirements for these companies was um, something that the SEC came up with was called full disclosure. So everything that a publicly traded company did under the hood needed to be transparent to their investors, to the world at large. And the method that, they, that we decided to do that with or to fulfill that requirement with was called webcasting. And there's this tiny little company in Atlanta who did it. And of course, that became, it, it went from web to pod to then live streaming. So even that little tiny piece of technology has evolved 
Um, so there's always this thing called early adopters in technology. There's early adopters. There are people who take the risk and buy the device or the technology and use it. And then you have, so you think of the bell curve, right? Then you have everybody else who jumps on board. This is what we call going viral. The early adopters buy the technology. They use it. They love it. They start talking about it. Then their mother uses it. You know, their teacher uses it. And before you know it, 80% of the world is using it. And then slowly, you know, that, that the technology starts to peak. And then you've got the late adopters who are at the backside of the bell curve. I, now, horse people used to be at the other side of the bell curve. We oh, used yeah. To be, we were always two years behind. We were always yeah. two years behind. Now, I think we're square at the top of the bell curve. And we're looking. We're looking. We've got our sights on the early adopter land. You know, we're starting because we're out there with the GoPros, obviously skiers and skateboarders and those guys are a little bit more ahead of the curve. But, you know, horse sports are hip now because extreme sports are hip. And don't ask me why, but horses somehow <laughs> to some people are considered Because we get extreme. hurt just as much as they do. <laughs> That's more. <laughs> more. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Certain of us do. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, we're... Obviously, people who participate in horse sports, we've got a great feeder program with pony club and riding lessons and young riders. So these are the kids who are, they're saying, they're the early adopters in other parts of the world. They're bringing whatever new technology is coming to the marketplace into the horse world. So I think there's a lot of cool things on the horizon for horse people, young and old, when it comes to technology and making it, helping our lives get better. I mean- I always say this, horse people love, their favorite two words are cheap and easy <laughs> because nothing about horses is cheap or easy. Or easy, exactly. <laughs> so if there's something out there that can that can help bring cheap and easy into our lives, we're all about it. Uh, so, you know, Periscope and it's, podcasting. Well, podcasting, especially seeing you, you talked about the bell curve. Well, um, you talked about the bell curve, the... We're at the top of that curve now. Podcasting is just now, after you and I have been doing this, uh, and with the Horse Radio Network for 4,200 episodes we've done. Um, by the way, that puts us in, we, as best we could figure with some of the old timers there and some of the network guys there, uh, we're probably in the top three of all podcasting networks in the world. Not horses, wow. all verticals, because we've put out 4,200 episodes without missing, by the way, ever a week. Um, and then we've also... Uh, we also have interviewed over 6,000 guests. <laughs> I, I mean, those numbers are staggering when you take a look at it. We have 27, you know, uh, we have, t what was it? I counted because we have the eight hosts for the special shows on horses in the morning, you know, that do the once a month episodes. And we have yeah. all of the hosts for the other shows. It's 20 hosts. Uh, so we kind of figured out that we're we're probably number three in all of the world in, in as far as podcast networks. And we're just horses. I mean, <laughs> we're, just <laughs> we're just talking horses. horses. I mean, when you think about that, it just goes to show you that you the niches are where podcasting is going to be. Uh, and for those people who really treat it like a business, the other reason that we succeeded is we treated it like a business and we never missed episodes. How many times have you and I said, how are we going to get this done for next week? You know, how are we going to get this done? But we always figured out a way to do it because we knew how important that was. Um, if, even if it was a best of episode, an episode went out because it's important that we, we have an obligation to our listeners. They're counting on us to be there in their ears. 
Uh, and, and we take that very seriously, more seriously than you would ever think. <laughs> I've had a lot of late nights uh, because of that. Because uh, we do take nights. it seriously. But we're at the top of that bell curve. You know what's really changed it uh, where podcasting now is becoming mainstream? I mean, right now, we're at the cusp where it's finally go, you know, hitting the top and going to take off. And it is taking off, according to the iTunes numbers, is NPR. NPR is the one that really has made podcasting mainstream because they put all their shows out as podcasts. The Serial podcast, which was that podcast about the crime that NPR produced so successfully and had Mm -hmm. millions of downloads. NPR is the thing that really is now starting to bring podcasting mainstream. And thank God. I love them. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, NPR. Thank you. Uh, They spent the money. We'll benefit from it. We're total geeks. And it started with NPR. You know, I started listening to NPR after September 11th. Is that kind of sad? That's kind of sad. You never it? listened before that? I, I, you know, I hadn't either. Nope. You know what? Why we started listening to the NPR, and I think this is true of most people, is Car Talk. Um, oh, yeah. Car Talk was the reason that we started listening to NPR. And I could take or leave the other shows, but we had to hear Car Talk every week. Yeah. Click and clack. Click and clack. I miss those guys. They're still on, but, you know, it's recorded because one of them died. So I know, I know. But they're still on. I, I mean, they're still out there doing, uh, putting up the reruns, and they sound just like new. So, you, didn't, you know, you can listen to them all over again. They did it for 20 years. <laughs> they're funny no matter what they – when they, they're funny no matter where you – how or where you listen to them. What's your favorite so, part of doing the shows? Um, talking to you. <laughs> well, thank you. I wasn't asking for that, but – I love no. I love our guests, um, and I we we've had so many different kinds of guests on. Um, That's one neat thing about Stable Scoop, I think, is the variety. Is is the variety my favorite guests? Um, I, I'll tell you, I really liked having Michelle from Rightly Equestrian on, um, especially when we were talking about Cleveland Bays. Um, she was just having, on last week too, wasn't she? The week I was out. Yep, yeah. she was. We we talked about. Well, that's what made, brought her to the front of my mind. I forgot how wonderful she is to to talk with. And there's a there's a thing about most of the guests that we have. Um, obviously, they're horse people, so they're enthusiastic about what they do. So the conversations we have with them tend to be very real. I have very little patience um, as I get older to have shallow chit chat, even with somebody who loves what they do. They're Sometimes it's difficult to break through the mask that they wear, you know, when they're talking about what they do, their job or something. But I find that the guests we have on Stable Scoop are very authentic and the conversations go to a very real place, which for me is personally gratifying. Well, I think, Um, too, though, uh, you have to give yourself some credit at that. I think that we're pretty good at getting them to that place. Uh, Everybody's nervous when they do a radio show. Most people. You know, most people are nervous. I'm always surprised at the big names that we get on that say they're nervous. But, you know. I know. And they're just talking to us. So it's like. Um, I know. And we're just like, blah, 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 blah. blah, blah. We're and I, but silly, I think that selves. relaxes them right away. You know, I think that's true of all of our shows, not just ours, but all of our shows. The hosts are really good at, at getting them relaxed and getting them actually getting beyond the marketing. You know, one yeah. of the reasons we don't have top name clinicians on a lot is you can't get them off the marketing. So, mm. and we want to have real, it's so, I love your using the term real conversations. We want to have real conversations with people 
and we want to we want to feel like we're getting in their head and their heart, and we're getting the real person instead of I got to say this because that's what my publicist said to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is we we talked a little bit about you know with the Periscope thing about sharing and connecting. I mean, we're and, and horse people get the need to connect very well. I think more so than other specialized groups because. A lot of us pay attention to our horses and we understand herd mentality um, and the social animal because our horses are very social. Social meaning they interact in groups. They they right. need a group in order to live and survive. And so I think the human social animal for us to connect with others is very important. So using this technology to connect, even if it's just a conversation, to me, it's just deepening that connection. So it's satisfying a very real place in us, a very real need, social need in us. Um, and so it, it's a beautiful way to marry the horses that we love, these herd animals that we love so much, and then the herd mentality in ourselves. So the connection to me is um, this is why we started the Horse Radio Network. It's yes. to strengthen that connection, to create a pipeline among horse lovers. Do you remember? You probably don't even remember, but our mission statement when we first started is to unite the horse world through entertainment and education. And yes. That's our, <laughs> it's been our mission statement from the beginning. And, you know, I actually think because of the popularity of the Horse Radio Network and the variety of shows we have on and the number of people who listen. We had a listener meetup, by the way. I forgot to talk about that on Sunday night that a listener organized. Um, and we had the listener meetup. We had a couple of the hosts from the morning show there. And we had uh, some of the listeners that came out, including a woman who was there from England who was visiting her family. And she was there. And it was so cool. It was such a neat night. And, what you know, they 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 all said the same thing you just said is that's what they like they like the fact that they're actually they almost feel like they're eavesdropping on a private conversation yeah that we're having and who doesn't want to do that right i mean it's, <laughs> it's, it's all over that <laughs> yeah we all do that i mean that's all something we're all voyeuristic in one way or another but but and they also said you guys don't realize meaning you and me and the hosts don't realize how much we know about you and how much we feel like you're part of our families. Mm. And until we meet people, you know, we, this has happened to, to all of us. You meet people and you're going, oh, wow, they know a lot about us. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're, you know, sometimes we're surprised how much they know about us. They know that you got divorced. They know that you're, they've grown up with Gracie. Oh, uh, I know. I mean, when we started this, she was a tiny tot, and they've grown up with her. They've gone through what? How many moves with me? Um, <laughs> you know, about twelve. So, I mean, I they've lived through all of this stuff with us that we talk about every week, and we're just talking, and we don't even think about. But they've lived through this, all our different horses and our adventures, and and all, all our of projects. That. Yeah, yeah. And I got to thank Leslie Covington, by the way, who's probably listening right now for putting that meetup together. We really appreciate you doing that and organizing it. So, thank you. Uh, thank Leslie is a Leslie. rock star. She's been around for a while and yes. very engaged. Yes. Leslie yeah. Is and it terrific. is like family. You see, like, this is the thing I know. We, I could say, okay, peeps, uh, I'm going to be in Dallas, you know, the week of November 18th or something like that. And, you know, I know that's, that there would be more than one door open um, for horse radio people. Like, I have experienced such 
a wealth of welcoming, open hearts, open doors, sharing just through the Staple Scoop show. It, it's, I'm like, what did I do to deserve this? All I did was, you know, get on a microphone and start blabbing about my life. Do you but remember, it's that connection. I believe it was on Stable Scoop. I wanted to bring this up. And by the way, I'll tell you here in a little bit, we're going to play a bonus for everybody at the end here. Um, but uh, do you remember when we talked about Romulus and Remus? Yeah, yeah, world's biggest ass. The world's biggest asses, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they were there. Uh, the owners of Romulus and Remus, uh, Cara, uh, I think it's Kara Yellett, uh, was there with her husband, and Ron, they, they, uh, they lived not too far, and they wanted me to come out and meet them, but I didn't have time. Oh. I know, wouldn't that have been fun? But they're doing great. Romulus and Remus are doing great. We talked to them back in 2013, but they were there. They listen every week, so hi, guys. Uh, and there were just so many others there, too, and I appreciate everybody who came out. I follow them on Facebook and, and absolutely love... You know, we follow a lot of people on Facebook that because we've obviously with all of these guests we've had, you know, we we hook up with them on Facebook. I that's one that I can't. I'm like, notify me every time. Right. I mean, let's even <laughs> post something every like, time they do something. Don't don't let me miss any of their posts. <laughs> well, they uh, one of the things that came up in the in the listener get together the other night was a favorite episode, and a couple of them had a favorite episode of ours. Uh, and it was, and this is what I'm going to replay at the end of the show. So you have to hang around for when Helene and I are finally done chit chatting. Oh boy, <laughs> we're going to play. Do you know which one it is? Do you know which one you think it is? Oh my God! Yes, is it the one that Cat was on with us? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to play nude dining for you. For everybody that missed nude dining, you have to hang around <laughs> at the end of the show. Because this is the one that everybody mentions. It's the most popular thing. We had Kat, our good friend from Eat Your Tart Out, came on and she decided she found this news article about nude dining and it turned into an embarrassing time for me, but fun for everybody else. So it was, we'll just, yeah, leave. I hit the mute button like at least 13 times in that episode. <laughs> I was secretly dying on the, in my studio here. You know, we have a great relationship with our sponsors, too, and that was another thing that came out over the weekend is, you know, it, it was very interesting listening to some of the top podcasters who always use the ones doing the meetings, right, um, talking about their sponsors, and it, it didn't sound like they're big companies that they have as sponsors, and it's just not a very personal relationship. We have a very personal relationship with our sponsors. Um, you know, one of our first sponsors was Uncle Jimmy. And yep. one of the reasons he became one of our first sponsors is we'd go out to dinner with him at Ada, and it was always this mega hassle and adventure all at the same time, going out to dinner <laughs> with Uncle Jimmy. Oh, my God. I know. We but, squeezed ourselves. We had, like, a whole bunch of people in that. I remember one year we went this, this we were in this tiny little room in a restaurant, and there were, like, 40 of us. And Uncle, like, Jimmy's Uncle Jimmy's a big, loud guy. And, and, and then there, so there's the Charles Owen people who are very conservative and Charles Owen and awesome. And then there's Uncle Jimmy and us. And it was, it was such a, an awesome mix of personalities. It was a lot of fun. But we have that personal relationship with our sponsors. We have a 70% retention rate, which is unheard of. 
in in any industry. But and I think it's because we do have that personal relationship. Karen from Kentucky Performance Products, she comes down here in, uh, to Florida and visits us once a year. When she's down here, she'll come over. I gave her a carriage ride last time we were out. My pony didn't kill her, so that's the reason I think she renewed. <laughs> is my pony that's didn't kill her? That's a good her. way of keeping um, sponsors. Yeah, keep them alive. <laughs> but yeah, we want to keep the sponsors alive. But I think that's the other thing too. We try we take that very seriously. But they become our friends, and because we're in the horse world, and that's what happens. And uh, and and I think that's part of what's made this work too is the friendships we developed with our listeners and our sponsors and our guests over the years. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and we're not even going to get to interviewing each other, are we? We're we're, we're just talking. No, away. I want to interview. I want you. I want, I want to interview you. I want you to interview me. Okay. Should we go back and forth, or should we do like Helena's interview and then Glenn's interview? Let's do it, Helena's and Glenn's. Do you want to start? Helena's then Glenn's. Yes. Okay. So I'll start interviewing you. Okay. Which makes okay. her very uncomfortable, people, and I love that. So let's start with a very personal question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, what was you? You went. You're still going through a period of time when you're a single mom, and you're a single horse mom. You have a lovely child, which you're very lucky, by the way. Um, yes. Who who is a good kid, and good. you know it's made your life a little easier than a lot of your friends' kids, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> But what's been the toughest is trying to, you know, with the horses and the and being a mom. And I hate to go serious on you be here, but I'm curious the answer because I've not asked you that question. The toughest is um, keeping the faith in my own strength to keep this place going. So you, as a mother, you want to create the most engaging, safe, um, comfortable environment for your child. And when there's a big upheaval in your life, you want to keep as much the same as possible that you can. Um, So I want to keep our house. I want to keep our farm. I want to keep our horses. And at the same time, I want to make sure that my child feels safe and engaged. Um, But all of that is put on my shoulder. So I have to work, I have to parent, I have to ride, I have to muck, I have to pick, I have to mow, I have to weed whack, I have to test fences, I have to schedule the vet, I have to schedule the farrier, I have to schedule the farrier again because he can't show up, I have to. Um, And then, you know, every day you do that 10 times a day. So you wake up in the morning and some days you have a lot of energy and you can do all that. You're like, I'm a horse girl, I can do that. And then some days it's four o'clock and you still haven't picked the field and you still haven't mocked and, oh, you forgot to call the farrier. Um, and what am I going to have for dinner? What am I going to cook? You lose that energy. Um, and it can be, it can, it can crush you, you know? So at four o'clock on a given day, I can just sort of be sitting in my chair like I, I'm paralyzed. I, I can't do the next thing on my list of things to do. In fact, I can't do the next 12 things on my list of things to do. How the heck am I going to afford this place? How am I going to find the energy to keep it going? And if I can't, what am I going to do next? And how am I going to make that okay for me and my kid and my horse and my cats? So I think just surviving the daily roller coaster ride of Having the faith, losing the faith. Having the faith, faith, losing the faith is probably the most difficult. 
I have to. Uh, I'm going to tell. Well, now this is this isn't a secret. I mean, everybody on the that lives regular listener knows you had a you had somewhat of a tough divorce here uh, a little while ago, and I got to give uh, Helena props because there were some days she showed up. She really wanted to be here with our listeners because there were some days every for a lot of weeks there that you were in a very tough place. And mentally, physically, everything, you know, just we're in a tough place. And you showed up here to be with them and you hit it so well uh, that it's just, just testament to you and your fortitude, and your strength and the Italianness of you coming out <laughs> because you hit it so well. You it, I don't people have no clue how tough it was for you. And Mm-mm. you were here every week. You were there for your child. And I just give you props for that. Thank you. Yeah, a lot goes on behind the scenes that we know nothing about. And some of us, I'm in marketing and PR. I do a really good job of making everything look just fine and dandy on the outside. Um, There are times, however, I've learned the greatest lesson that I think I've come away with, though, from that excruciatingly painful time. Um, And it was more like two years than a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's true. Um, There were a couple of (laughs) weeks where... I was trying to be nice, okay? Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. what I came away with is that you, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to say, this is ugly. This is bad. This is painful. And, and that's that tough is, with your heritage. And I'm not well, throwing everybody in a lump, but word, that's true. You say the word tough and it's true. There is far more strength in allowing yourself to be vulnerable than there is to keeping a stiff upper lip. You know, everybody says, Oh, you're a tough girl. You know, and that's a good thing. We value strength and toughness, but I'll, I will tell you, it takes a much stronger heart to allow yourself to be vulnerable and weak and say, this is ugly and this is wrong and I need help. Asking for help is really what strong people do. Uh, greatest lesson and one I could never see coming four years ago. So if you're out there and you're listening and something totally crappy is happening to you, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. There are so many people who will support you. And the other thing I learned, and this came to me from another horse mom who has not been divorced, whose life has not been turned upside down in the same way mine was. She said, you will be surprised and shocked at who's in your corner and who isn't. So when the people you expect to be on your side and there for you are not, don't be surprised. She said, I've had a lot of friends who've gone through divorces. And the one thing that keeps showing up is that there is their shock over who's been there to support them and who's been, who's turned their back on them. And that tiny piece of advice I held on to, you know, you don't know what, what little things you're going to stick in your back pocket to be used later. That was one of them. And if I could share something really important with other people is don't be surprised at who's in your corner and who's not. Take who's ever there. Take who's over there and don't let yourself hold on to the pain of those who are not there. You it know just I, simply means they I can't be there. I think it's hard, though, you know, coming from the other end, having been in the other end of the microphone from you during those tough times, it's hard to know for people, and I think this is true, especially people who have not gone through divorce, or, or even if they have, it's, it's hard to know what to do. So, you know, you listen. I get that. You know, you listen. I learned a lot going through your divorce, by the way. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, 
what I learned was I'm not going to be anybody different. I'm just going to be there for you, but also say, okay, let's do a show now, you know, and I didn't try and hold your hand. You know, I, I, I was there for you and I tried to be that spot in your week where it was the happy place, you know, yeah. um, even though you didn't want to be happy. You wanted to be I miserable. Didn't want to be happy. You know, you wanted to be miserable. And yeah. you know, because you're in that spot, you're in that place in your life where where it's pretty miserable and you want to be miserable and it's so it's hard on the other side. And I think that's relates back to what you were saying, you know, about true friends. I think sometimes they just don't know what to do. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to being on the other side too because you you want to help but you can't because there's really nothing you can do, right? Except for just listen. And that's uh, that's Just the most you can let, do, right? And let the other person puke on you every now and again. I mean, verbally puke on you. Sometimes they just need to... No, sometimes it's the other thing, depending on how much alcohol you <laughs> <involved, but. laughs> It's true. That's true, too. <laughs> um, you know, the... the and This is one of the things that I love about teamwork. Um, whether it's, you know, uh, teamwork on the athletic field, teamwork in eventing, teamwork... In a barn, teamwork at work, work, family teamwork is um, you kind of you, you're just there to listen to the other person. Whatever it is the team needs at that time, you you give that to them. And we I think one of the ways that we get through difficult things in life is to digest them. Right. So something happens in your life, some kind of circumstance and it's like having a it's like having McDonald's when you really live on fruits and vegetables, right? Your body and your mind is shocked by this different circumstance. And you can't digest it in the same way you can your fruits and your vegetables, which I, are healthy I and healthy. I found out, out about that last week eating about 10 different meals of barbecue. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I headed home, I was like, oh, man, I don't eat that much red meat ever. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you need to digest this bulk of stuff that's been force-fed to you. And it's usually dark, crappy stuff, right? Um, And, you know... Your friends help you digest it. Having somebody there to just listen to you really serves as this like digestive enzyme. And so the dark stuff passes through you. <laughs> Hopefully it passes through you quickly, you know, or your body rejects it in some way. But it's really no different than having somebody pull your hair aside while you're leaning over the bowl, puking into your college dorm toilet. <laughs> okay, we'll leave that question with that uh, thought. <laughs> But now, Sorry, let, most I, of us well, have been there. Let's fast forward a little bit, though, and it's a picture I saw today, and I don't, it's no secret here either that you have a wonderful boyfriend now. His name is Buck, and you guys posted a picture today that was absolutely fabulous and just described the two of you to a T. Uh, you know, they say a picture, uh, you know, was worth a thousand words, and that picture really was. The two of you look so happy, and um, I'm so happy for both of you, actually. Thank you. Um, that is part of the. Coming out That's the other part, side. <laughs> coming out the other side. You attract your life, you know? If you take a good hard look at what you've done to attract the life that you're living um, and you take steps to change it. You know, hey, listen, divorce sucks, but it, it, it takes two, you know? It definitely takes two. Um, I went to work on my part. What did I learn from this 
painful experience and how can I make my life better for it? That effort that I put in has attracted a much happier, healthier life. And that photograph reflects the hard work that I put into myself. Guess what's going to be our show note picture this week? (laughs) (laughs) So if you want to see that photograph, it'll be in our show notes this week. Buck's a great guy. Is he coming along next week at Ada? He will be there, as will Grace. Oh, yay! We love having Gracie loves Ada. She gets to go shopping all day and be a model and... She loves Ada. She does. She's very well received <laughs> by uh, our friends at Ada. She got to ride the big mechanical horse that time. Oh, remember? that's right. Yes, yes, yes. She got to do she a lot gets of a lot stuff. of freebies and samples. And all stuff. right, you get one question to me, and then we're okay. all, our show's over. Ready? <laughs> I know. Sorry. See, I can go on and on. One question of you. Um, if you could go back, all right here. Let's let's since we're talking about relationships and anniversaries, how has your relationship with your wife, Jennifer, impacted the success of the Horse Radio Network? Well, it how be, has your relationship? That's easy. That it wouldn't be here without her. I, we were at a point where, um, what three or four years ago, you know, I worked for my brother. And I was hired by him as a contractor in the cable. He had a subcontracting for the cable industry, for cable TV. And he hired me to help him sell his company. So I knew that that was going to be a finite thing, right? It lasted about two years. And we got it to the point where he sold and closed. And, and But he said to me about six months into that, he said, you're going to need something to do after. And you're bored doing these kind of jobs. You need something creative. That's how the Horse Radio Network came to be. He said, there's this guy named Leo Laporte. He's doing a podcast. It's, I don't know what it is. Just go listen to it. So I went and listened to it. And he said, I'm sure you can figure out how to do it. Well, we couldn't really figure out how to do it back then because it wasn't, there was no manual for podcasting. Um, so but we did figure out how to do it. And that's how I met, or I knew Helena from before and knew I like hanging out with her and she would be a fun co-host. So we started doing this, having no idea what we were doing. Um, and we did pretty well from the beginning, even though we didn't know what we were doing. But uh, then about three, four years in, uh, I needed help. And I was either going to have to hire somebody or Jennifer was going to have to come to work. We had worked together before. Not all couples can work together. We had worked together before, and sometimes it went well and sometimes it did not. I overstepped <laughs> my bounds. She overstepped hers. We let emotions get in the way. So we sat down, uh, and I said, look, and her job was about to end in Lexington. Uh, they, it was during the recession. They were laying a bunch of people off. We knew the, you know, her, her job was going to come to an end, too. And she was going to have to go out and get another job. And I said, well, instead of me hiring somebody, why don't you come to work with me? And we had a frank talk about how that was going to go and how not to make the same mistakes that we made before. So Good for I, you. I think you mature. Uh, one of the things we said is when evening comes and we're hanging out together, we don't talk shop. Mm. That's harder than it sounds because we both live this every day. We both yeah. live the Horse Radio Network every day, all day. So when you come home, what do you usually talk about with your spouse? You talk, you tell people, you tell your spouse what you did all day, right? And yeah. who you met and everything. Well, we decided that that's something that we shouldn't do because we're with it all day together. Um, so that was actually difficult to do in the beginning and we still catch ourselves doing it a little bit, but we'll have horse radio network free days where we're not allowed to talk about it at all. Uh, Mm. and then sometimes we're at lunch and you have to be really comfortable with silence because 
that is our day every day, right? It's kind of <laughs> yeah. sad, actually. Um, well. But that's how we've come to a compromise in keeping personal separated. And when you work at home, it's even worse uh, mm. because it's always there. You know that. Your work is always staring at you from that computer. No matter where the computer is in the house, you know that's work. Yep. I, I used to play a lot of video games. I don't play video games anymore at all because I don't – after – all day of being in my office, I don't want to come back in my office and play a video game on my computer uh, because I don't want to see my computer anymore. We like TV. We watch TV in the evenings together. That's kind of our special time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we hang out together. We do our horses together. We ride together. We're together all the time. But I think what's really made it work is we really like each other. We respect each other's opinions. I cross the line sometimes, and she tells me. Uh, she corrects that. Uh, in no uncertain terms, but she's very nice about it. But I get the hint. Um, and I'm probably the most violator of that. Jennifer is the most honest, and I'm not telling Helena anything she doesn't know here. Jennifer <laughs> is the most honest, patient person in the world. You will she never is. get a lie out of Jennifer. Um, she is the most honest, patient person there is, and she's tolerant, and she, you worked for her. I assume that she was that way as a boss, too, but... Uh, she is... Yeah, I mean, she was exactly that way as a boss. Tolerant, honest, patient, and and passionate. Enthusiastic and passionate. You know, Jennifer has a very soft, calm side to her. Um, Thank God, she or has, be, the walls would be breaking in this house. <laughs> she has what I call a campfire inside her. See, I have the hot, blazing bonfire. Yes. <laughs> Jennifer has a campfire, the kind of fire that you that warms you, that you want to toast marshmallows around. Exactly. If either one, if anybody tried to toast marshmallows over you and I, they'd burn them. I mean, there'd be nothing left. They'd be a crisp. The stick would be gone. So we need a yeah. permit from the fire department yes, exactly. for our fires. Right? You can make Jennifer s'mores is, with Jennifer. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's you know I think this has helped us grow together as a couple actually, and we're very proud of what we built because we're proud of building something that helps people. I can't tell you how many emails we get. And we've gotten a lot recently, haven't we? Uh, we just got an email last week who, and I, I wish I could find it. I, I, I'd like to read it to you because you'll, you'll end up in tears. Um, let me see if I can find this because I really want to read this to you. And it was addressed to Jennifer at Horse Tip Daily, actually. Um, it was an email for her from a listener. And here, uh, let me see. Hold on. Bear with me. Okay. Uh, this is from Sonia. Hello, Horse Tip Daily and, and all the podcasts, basically. Thank you for your fabulous podcast. Listening to them is helping me grieve for the loss of my 35-year-old Welsh Mountain Cobb Murdoch, mm. who passed away on Thursday. I am one year young, or Murdoch is one year younger than myself, and we have grown up together from a small child and a colt. It has been extremely painful for me as I'm currently living in London. However, Murdoch was living with my parents at home in Australia. Being so far away from him, not being able to be with him in his final moments or to get one last hug from him has me torn apart. I'm crying here. Uh, listening to your podcast is really helping me grieve. Thank you, Sonia. Uh, That's uh, why we do this. I, uh, it, you've sent me some emails over the years from listeners that I, I 
my mouth just drops open when I read them at how we've touched people. Um, and all we're like doing that. is being funny and having cool guests and enjoying talking to each other. But I know, but we're willing to put, we're willing to share our silliness and our sadness and our goodness. And that's, there's a lot of support in that. There's well, Sonia, we are giving you one big hug. Huge hug. All of us here at the Horse Radio Network have been where you are, and we're giving you one big hug. And we're glad that we're there to help somebody who's living in London and came from Australia, and we're here in the United States, and we get to help. That's how small a world this is now. Welcome to the family, Sonia. We're doing an interview next week on Horses in the Morning. Oh, Jamie and I are doing a one-on-one with a show jumper from Russia. She lives ah. in Moscow. And she wrote to us saying, I like your shows, but you've never talked about Russia. So we're going to have our first interview from Russia. Oh. I, how cool is that? I mean, that's just cool stuff. We're going to, wow, that's very serious stuff here. I'm, I was tearing up there. But uh, I think that's important to give the Sonyas of the world a hug and say we love you. And we're going to keep providing entertaining, fun podcasts so you can know why you do this horse thing. You can remember why at tough times like that. How about we end the show with some comedy and some laughter that's going to have you rolling off your seat? (laughs) Our friend Kat, who just had a baby, who, by the way, hopefully is going to come back and and tell us all about the baby next week. Uh, I'm hoping we can get her on for a couple minutes to talk about being a new mommy. She's from Eat Your Tart Out blog. We've had her on doing, what, recipes for years now. Um, And even before that, she's she's been on our shows for years. She's a good friend of ours both. And we did a segment, one of our normal what we thought was going to be segments on a recipe. And uh, the following is what came out of it. And before we get to that, we're going to share a couple of our sponsors with you. And we really appreciate them. And we want you to go out. And we want you to support our sponsors. That's how you can help support the programming here at the Horse Radio Network. And we want to also thank all of our auditors who pay a little bit every month to be part of the Horse Radio Network family and to be kind of a special part, an insider part. Uh, if, you want, if you want more information on that, go to stablescoop.com. There's a banner in the middle of the page. Helena, this has been fun tear-filled, um, and also, you know, just lovely being hanging out with you. I get to see you next week. I Yay! know. I'm very excited. Talk about one big happy family. Periscope, it's, people. Uh, Periscope. Download it on your phone, and you'll get to see it. us, it, too. It will be a lot of fun. We'll have a good time. <laughs> Don't explode anything on my, you know, no more air vest things. <laughs> no exploding stuff this time. Uh, Jennifer's here holding something. I don't know what she's holding. She's holding it. I don't know what you're doing. I have no idea. I don't know what she's doing. So I'm going to have to leave it at that. I have no idea. Uh, She's holding a thing. Uh, (laughs) She made her own carrot stick at the end of a whip. It's not. Yeah. And she, she just held it in front of me. And now I went up to touch it and she clicked her clicker. (laughs) <laughs> She's ah! clicker training me. <laughs> Get out of See? here. Campfire. <laughs> Get it. She says my pony learns faster than me. <laughs> he chased this around the stall within three minutes. My pony. She said he chased it around the stall within three minutes. He's smart. He is so smart. Is it a real carrot? No, she just put this thing at the end of a whip. <laughs> it's a sponge. She put a sponge at the end of the whip. It doesn't have to be a carrot. 
You don't have to spend money on a carrot. All right, everybody. (laughs) Thank you so much. Take a listen. We'll be back next week with another great show for you. And then we're off to Ada, and we're going to just have a lot of fun bringing you new products for the next six months. Thank you for being with us for seven years. Let's hope for another seven. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. And until we meet again, happy scooping. Our favorite foodie is on with us today, Kat Nielsen. Kat, am I saying this right? It's Nielsen, right? It is right, yes. You know, I always mess up your last name. You can't get any more easy American than Nielsen. (laughs) I mess it up. It's okay. It's funny because it's all, you know, I thought getting this new last name would make my change of light easier, and it gets misspelled all the time now, same as my last one, and can't get pronounced right. So I'm still Oh, this isn't nothing like your last one. The grass is always greener on the other side. (laughs) Which none of us could say. Right. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, to our listeners, we have Kat Nielsen on. She is from Eat Your Tart Out, which if you have not been there, you have to go to eatyourtartout.com. She's got the most amazing recipes, insights, photographs for foodies ever in the history of everness. Welcome back, Kat. Well, gosh, you always beef me up like this and I don't know what else to do but smile and say thank you very much. <laughs> what, the history of everness? That's not, the, that's not pressure. Kat had something else. I'm not sure. What did you You had something else you wanted to talk so, about. So we're totally falling off the bandwagon at this point. So we're going from chocolate to more chocolate. And now we're going to the nine rules for naked dining. Because that what? goes along with chocolate. <laughs> as long as chocolate is served for dessert, I'll do it. <laughs> well, or nothing. Yeah, Go ahead. I mean, we can take this so far. And let's try and keep it classy here. Um, but I thought I came across this article this morning and I was laughing about it because nine rules for naked dining. Okay. Your interest is peaked. You're kind of like, what is this all about? And apparently this is an etiquette guide to nude resorts. Now, I don't know how often any of you know your listeners are going to be going to nude resorts, but just in case they find themselves there, this is the opportunity to learn how to correctly behave. <laughs> I have a confession. What? I've been to a nudist resort before. Really? <laughs> for a week. Are for we a allowed week- to talk about this on the air? <laughs> for a weekend, I was at a nudist resort. Before Jennifer, weekend? this is pre-Jennifer. Jennifer knows about this, so I'm not going to get in too much trouble. Uh, yes, uh, I had a previous fiancé uh, when I was in my young 20s who uh, li- went to nudist well, resort. Whoa, 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 whoa. You were engaged yeah. before Jennifer? Yes, yes, I was. Yes, thank God that didn't work out. Um, so she, uh, her family did as well. So um, they had been gone. She had been gone a long time. So I actually went uh, with her one weekend to a nudist resort in the Poconos of Pennsylvania. And uh, we stayed the weekend. They had little cabins and stuff you could rent. And then they had camping and they had uh, all the Naked amenities. camping? Are you kidding me? No, no, a lot of people camped, and then they have pool, and, and, and by the way, it isn't a cliche, volleyball is very popular, they had a volleyball tournament against I another I a, another nudist camp um, <laughs> that weekend. I need to go now. <laughs> I need to go. She brought it up, it wasn't me. I did, I did. It is. So anyway, what, what I would say about nudist camps is this was a very family place, and they were, nothing was, like, no sex in public, none of that stuff. It was a very family place, and a lot of kids there, adults. Oh, that would be more tolerable than the volleyball, I thought. Grandparents, uh, you know, the whole works. And one of the things I would say is everybody expects to go there and be aroused, Right. You can't be. You you just aren't because most people are not attractive naked. 
Um, you know, 80% of the population is, oh, they had another thing that weekend, too. Hot air balloon rides. They had people from the local hot air balloon clubs bring their hot air balloons in, and they do the rides where you get to go up and down. And I was chatting with one of them. He said it's their favorite activity of the year, come to the news camp and do the hot air balloon rides. (laughs) I don't know what to say about any of this. I really don't. (laughs) You brought it up. It wasn't me. I was talking about eating at a dinner table naked at a resort, and then we're just going off on this tangent. And <laughs> <laughs> Okay, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll chime no. in about, about what I found out about all your things here. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, I don't know why this is so funny. It just is. But the first number one rule of etiquette is towel on. Naked butts at the table are a big no-no. So apparently this rule is telling you that you need to bring towels with you if you're going to be sitting in a public place. Actually, yes, it's required there. They tell you when you check in, you must have your towel and you must carry it with you at all times. You actually carry your towel all the time. And any place you sit, you must put your towel down. Thank you, towel gods. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Cat is regretting it for bringing this up. I kind of am, but it is funny. I mean, where else can you talk about something like this? You know, then on our show, yes. I apologize to all the listeners. If you'd like to turn it off now, please feel free. Come back next week. Well, we just want to make sure that they're prepared in case they ever find themselves at a nude resort. Nudist resort. That's correct. Mm -hmm. This is a public service. Right. We're we're helping everybody out. All right. Uh, Number two was just because we're all naked doesn't mean we're all friends. Now, what you were saying, Glenn, is that everybody was friendly, but it doesn't mean you should go and sit down at someone else's table or cozy up if you don't know the person. Kind of wait to be encouraged to come over. That is the other thing you get taught when you go into the camp is that personal space is still personal space, even with or without clothing. Yes, you are warned of that. And they will kick your butt out. <laughs> literally. <laughs> that, yes, literally. <laughs> <laughs> this one, it just, it's, it makes sense. Just took me a little while to kind of um, absorb it, was listen to your mother and use a napkin as a matter of... <laughs> Etiquette, covering your private parts with a napkin while at a nudist event is good manners. Makes sense. I didn't didn't see anybody doing that. (laughs) Okay, go on. (laughs) Uh, Next one was some don't like it hot. Uh, Most nudist resorts will hold traditional barbecues, and first-timers need to be careful around the weenie roast. (laughs) Uh, Don't allow your waiter to serve you a hot bowl of soup. He can spill it in your lap. Makes sense. I would have never thought about that, but now that I'm thinking about it, it makes me just want a salad and call it a day. Uh, next one was... Are you on your seat, Helena? I'm, I'm, I'm considering stuffing my napkin down my throat at the moment. But you right. need your napkin to cover your private parts, Helena. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Keep going, because we got to get through this list. Uh, listen to your mother part two. Sit up straight. Good posture at the dinner table is always a way to show good breeding and good manners. But when you're nude, slouching and elbows akimbo are not only more noticeable, they create a silhouette that is less attractive. <laughs> I don't know about you, but none of this makes me want to go to a nude resort. <laughs> I just don't think nakedness should be at the dinner table. I don't. I'm not a prude. 
nude. You know, if I'm all about uh, nakedness at the beach is fine. You know, uh, on your balcony, I, I don't know, sailing, fine. At the dinner table, I can't. I just, I can't. This is going in the best of list. Go on, cat. Well, what's funny like, is you. So, I, I, like, how do you keep? Uh, I can't even. No. How do, you, <laughs> how do you keep your body parts out of your soup? Well, that brings us to rule number five. No one. Say, there's an answer for that. <laughs> no one will pardon your reach. Don't reach, even if you think it's not a reach. Nude or. Nude dining requires a great margin of coordination and control. Without a bra and a well-endowed chest, reaching even a little may result in your breast in the marinara sauce. Oh, yeah. Okay. See? see I didn't even see that. Right. Right. Uh, right. Uh, there is... It's just funny hearing Kat read this. That's the funny part. new meaning to the word meatball. <laughs> nah. I, all right. Keep going. It's a, we're almost over. It's almost there. There is such a thing as too casual. Uh, casual dining doesn't mean you can put your ankle across your knee or feet up on the coffee table. Uh, reconsider the view others will have while eating. <laughs> Thank okay, you. That one's kind of gross. Go on. We don't need to talk about uh, that one. Eyes up here, buddy. Um, I'd say the most important table etiquette is for nudists is for no staring. Makes sense. Uh, next one is food porn is okay. Real porn, no way goes back to kind of not using this as an arousal thing is just more of a lifestyle for some people yes. and keeping your phones put away. You're not allowed to Instagram your dinner at resorts. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you carry it? <laughs> Go on next. <laughs> uh, chill out. If you're nervous about dining in the buff, don't be the resort owners. Um, said that usually being naked and concerns about it will go away after about 15 minutes. And okay, now that is true. Literally, you forget people are naked after oh, a while. Oh, you did it? Like you actually did it? I can't. What? See, I know. No, you do forget. After you're there for 15 minutes, you kind of, because everybody is. Now, what you find yourself looking at, this is very interesting. In the one evening at the sort of nightclub they had there, they had a lingerie party. That was much more provocative than ever seeing a whole bunch of naked people walking around. And you'd find yourself looking at people who had clothes on. (sighs) It's true. I'm just telling the truth. Because your eyes need a rest from that. (laughs) Horror of all. It just ask me if I ever went back a second time. No, you. I'm sure you didn't. I'm I, sure I you didn't, didn't actually. And it's not again. It's not that I. I understand the concept. I get it. I. I don't have body image issues at all. I. You know, I'm all about this like free to be you and me type of thing. It's just I don't understand the purpose. I don't understand the. Um, the philosophical purpose behind it. We wear clothing. I see. I can't even go there. This just opens up a whole entire another show. Do you really want to revisit this a second time, Helena? No, no, I don't. I don't care. You know what? I really don't care. They let the meat naked. See, Cat is not having problems with this. I can see Cat at a nudist camp. No, I really don't think I could. I. Okay. What was funny enough is so my mom and I went to Martha's Vineyard on a vacation. We were down by the beach taking pictures and all this, and I started to say, I'm going to go take a walk, not realizing that that part of the beach was actually for nudists. So I'm there with my mother. Talk about awkward. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I stumbled upon that same beach. Yeah. They don't tell you about it. They don't have signs saying, beware, 
so you kind of stumble upon it and it's a little disconcerting after a while you're comfortable, but they basically had like shades up and stuff for their privacy, which I can totally understand, but it just, it's not something I, yeah, I don't especially want to eat naked either. I, I, I have a really hard time with that. That just doesn't sound appealing to me. But, you, but again, at least sunbathing and beach travel, sure, that sure. kind of thing is, is definitely, I, I just I I feel that it seems more. like it seems like a place where if you're gonna do it would be a would be logical to do it. Yes, to be naked and yes. comfortable and right. you right. know all those good things. Uh, but at the dinner table, <laughs> all right, whatever. Cool. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows what to say. How do we close this up? I'm not really sure. <laughs> Glenn made us do it. Just in case you guys I are wondering. Say it. I didn't even bring this up. This was not me, people. You can write your emails to cat at uh, nudistdining.com. No, no, it is not that. (laughs) Cat, what's the website again? I'm sure people are going to want to go see the article now. Um, Bon Appetit has it. Of all the places and all the people to talk about it, Bon Appetit, the very wonderful magazine that I love to read. Stuffy food magazine. It had this. That's funny. (laughs) I'll send you the link so you can go ahead and put it. Post it. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Kat. You're welcome. Thank you. Guys. Eatyourtardout.com and f- go search for Eat Your Tart Out on Facebook. <laughs> it's been fun. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs>